Welcome to episode 141 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today, we are so excited to have our friend from the Netherlands joining us, uh, Peter Envelay. We got to hang out with him the entire week he was here. It was super fun. We hosted a meetup with him yep. and the fine folks at Nihilus. And I also got to moderate a panel at Layers with Peter and Tom Genitazio from Envision. Uh, yeah, previously Macaw. Uh, so fun. Peter is the creator of Sketch and Bohemian Coding and the tool that all of us love and we talk about so much. This is a great conversation about how we build tools. Before we get into that, huge thank you to our two sponsors that made this episode possible. First up, Wayno. Wayno, you know them, you love them. Uh, they are an agency here in San Francisco and they have an office in New York and Iceland and they are doing amazing work for companies around the world. Uh, they just recently launched the new Boosted Board website featuring the one and only so much dan petty dan petty <laughs> they also do they're basically work, selling dan petty they also do work for airbnb and medium and lonely planet and google and dropbox and red bull and fitbit and like everyone they do incredible work so why is wayno an agency sponsoring the podcast well first of all they are just a rad group of people and hallie the founder wanted to support this podcast so he did uh, and it means a whole lot to us but they also just want you to go check out their work there's no special link. Just go to their website, wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O.co. Browse around. I am sure you've seen them on Dribble. Their work is incredibly inspiring, bringing together some of the most talented people in the industry to work they with have them. Absolutely amazing people working there. And if you want to join them, they are hiring. So you can go to their website again, wayno.co. Click their careers link in their header. Tell them we sent you. Uh, if you're looking for a change of pace or just to join one of the best teams in the industry, uh, just we- just to do yeah. that, yeah. No big deal. Wayno's the place. So again, thanks so much to Wayno for supporting what we do. Go check them out at wayno.co. Our second sponsor, once again, Dropbox. So Dropbox has been changing up their way their company works to focus on simplifying the way people work together across a lot of things, not just file syncing. And since day one, Dropbox has always brought a design viewpoint to the way they build products. And it shows. Dropbox is incredibly easy to use. It's beautiful. It's simple. It works. It gets out of your way. But now they want to be a bigger part of their customers' lives. So they're working on things like Dropbox Paper to make it easier to collaborate and get shit done with your company, with your friends, your family, sharing files, saving files, commenting inline, collaborating. The whole process is going to happen on Dropbox, which means there's some really hard problems to solve. And they've always spent time and effort to hire some of the best people across the board, whether those are researchers or writers or product designers, illustrators. And these people all work closely together on their teams. So they're building up a really awesome set of people to make the best products. It's an exciting time and they want you to join them. They're hiring product designers and design managers to join them at their new Soma office uh, here in San Francisco. If that sounds interesting and you want to check it out, go to spec.fm slash Dropbox. That'll take you to a page that has all the info about their roles. Of course, tell them we sent you. It's been such a pleasure to work with our team and I'm very excited to see what they're working on right now. They're going to be really hard problems and it, it sounds like a great challenge for any level of designer, whether it's junior, middle, senior, like just go for it. Or a design manager. If this sounds interesting, again, that URL is spec.fm slash Dropbox. Thanks so much to Dropbox for making this episode possible. And with that, we'll get into episode 141 with Peter Omblay. Okay, my name is uh, Peter Omblay. I'm the founder of uh, Sketch. Been doing that for close to 10 years now. And the thing has slowly evolved from a little uh, hobby project of mine to a um, team of now of uh, 15 people. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, been working on that since I got out of university. Cool. So like right out the gate, it was like... Mm, now indeed, indeed. I got started with the idea of writing Mac uh, software, like by looking at the uh, companies back then. It was uh, Omni Group and mm-hmm. uh, Delicious, uh, Delicious Monster. And I really liked this, that kind of, those kind of highly polished apps that, that, that they, they made. And so I would like to do something like that. So I started with Draw It. It was a fairly simple drawing program which evolved over the years. And then uh, a, a font case with the French designer. Mm-hmm. I used font case. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I did those. I did while I was still at university. And then when I was done at university... I had font case and I think already sketch, but the timeline is a mm-hmm. bit hazy. But those were just bringing enough money that I 
I was in the first year of my master and I thought, I don't really want to do this anymore. Uh, the first year of the master started really badly with the uh, subjects I was really not interested in. And so as I looked at the apps I had and they were just enough for me to try and have a go at this thing uh, being uh, indie. So I thought, well, it's either now or never. If I do try to find a uh, a real uh, job now as it is, and I'm never going to do this. So yeah, let's try it. And so I've for the, the years after that, I've been slowly been a building out on uh, font case and uh, sketch. Font case got sort of fell by the uh, by the side mostly because of things to do with with, with Apple. It's like well, I started it with a French designer. He was really passionate about phones, and then in 2000. 12 no 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 uh, earlier 2009 we won an apple design award uh, for it mm-hmm. and sh- shortly after he left to go work at apple and then i was left with a <laughs> font application that i well i liked it i wasn't really passionate about fonts so i didn't really know where to to take the app application next because i didn't really have any need for the app myself so i tried a few few things and those those didn't really work out and then apple announced the mac app store and i went over to to the mac app store and then apple deprecated all the apis that i was using for font <laughs> Then I just just sort of got it patched back together, and then Apple announced uh, sandboxing, and I never really got FontCase working well together with sand uh, with uh, sandboxing, and then it's just like okay, uh, I quit. Perusing your Twitter and your blog, I almost sense like a love hate relationship with Apple <laughs> at times. Do I have that right? Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess that that's one way to to put it. It's not that no, it's not that I. I hate Apple or in, in anything like that, but yeah, especially with uh, font case in the beginning, it has been uh, very frustrating. Totally understandable. I think this last week was particularly interesting because we saw, uh, you know where I'm going, uh, Sketch, you all updated the pricing model. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the App Store made subscriptions yeah, a indeed. thing, a lot more support, a lot more customizable and manageable. Um how did that update from Apple's side strike you? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about your decision. You very publicly left the App Store too. Yeah, well, we did indeed, but we sort of felt like we owed our customers an explanation because it's we tried to make the process of migrating people out of the App Store as seamless as possible. It was really um, easy for me. Like It was great. The, we had a, quite a lot of customers who for for whom it didn't quite work out well for uh, various reasons you know there are so many factors that come into to play and then also apple a few weeks later a few months later i forget exactly when it was but they let their one of their signing certificates expire or something like like (laughs) that and then oh that's when the question mark pop-ups showed up right indeed yeah yeah Uh, mine still haven't gone away I'm on a new computer and they came back. I think it's something to do with having San Francisco installed separately than the system font. It's a whole thing. If I rem- if I remember the details correctly, Apple's uh, Apple's uh, uh, certificates expired, and we used uh, we used the receipt inside the application to validate whether it was an actual App Store purchase. Oh, okay. And when those inv- invalidated, we yeah. So. But maybe a little more towards what, so last week they announced like subscriptions mm-hmm. and search ads. I don't know. Do you see those as any incentive for, for a company like Bohemian Coding and Sketch the product to move back? Or are you pretty happy being out of that ecosystem? Well, we left the App Store um, all those m- m- months ago for a number of reasons, which we tried to articulate in the uh, blog post. Like yep. One of the things was like the lack of upgrade pricing or anything like that. Another problem for us was the long re- review times. And those two sort of have been stressed uh, now. Like the pricing model that we came up with is, I wouldn't call it subscriptions because you can keep uh, using the application after the, your sort of your year expired, which doesn't seem to be the case like with Apple's subscriptions. Yes. Yeah, the kind of traditional model for subscriptions is like you keep what you've already bought, but you keep getting new stuff if you've paid mm-hmm. for it. It's like magazines, for example. Yeah. You don't lose the ones you already had. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting that software is like you lose everything if you stop paying for it. And so this seems like a good balance of that. Uh, when I heard about it, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, 
you should keep paying for the work. That makes sense. We didn't quite know how to uh, phrase it because in a way, like the model we went with is quite simple. You buy Sketch for $99 and you get a year of updates and afterwards you can you, you can just keep using that version. In a way, it is a bit like you subscribe for updates, but yeah, as, as you said, with the software subscriptions generally mean that it's when you stop uh, paying, you can no longer use the application. Mm-hmm. We really didn't want to go that way. So we tried to avoid the word subscription, mm-hmm. but other, other people basically read it. So okay, that's a subscription. Uh, and then other people draw the wrong conclusions from that word. So like $99 a year thing that people were complaining about, that's so silly to me because the majority of us derive all of our income from it and even from like a median income which according to envisions thing is like eighty thousand a year that's like 0.08 percent of a of an income i think if you're using sketch uh professionally then 99 is not too much to ask uh for a year's worth of updates and again you can keep using the application after that so you don't have to pay us 99 dollars every year if you want to uh, uh, skip a year that is fine have you um, ever thought that was low well yes and no i think with sketch we get a very broad range of users from mm-hmm. uh, people who basically live day in day out in sketch and for those you could argue yeah if you're a designer and you're making your for a living with sketch and use it every day and 99 is low but uh, uh another large part of our user base are sort of uh, casual designers or developers who just need one or two icons for okay. the, the apps they work on and then $99 yeah maybe maybe on the high side so you're trying to find that balance um but to yeah to to come back to the app store we left the app store all those months ago for many reasons and apple has addressed uh, some of them others not and i don't think we'll be going back anytime soon just because it's it's nice to be able to have the control over what you want to to do with your app and your business model. Like we de- deliberately didn't want to go with a plain sub uh, subscription. So going back to the app store, yeah, the only way uh, for us would be to go to a, a real sort of real sub subscription model which we didn't want to right. do yeah or the, or the other alternative was would be to go back to a um sort of a uh, major uh, version thing you pay for one time purchase you, you pay for version five we did that for our tra- transition from version two to version three and that was such a, a, a painful thing because yeah the app store it doesn't doesn't allow any way to make that transition easy so it was a uh, a few months of uh, nightmare for our support team to try and m- m- migrate users over as easily. <laughs> I cannot as imagine. <laughs> and back in the days of like the transition from version two to version three, we were uh, smaller than we are now. We had a lot fewer customers than we we are than we are now. So last year, as we started to think again, okay, like we've been doing this version three thing for a while now. Version four will be coming or something we yeah uh, that moment comes again we have to start thinking like yeah we need to charge our users again either a version 4 or a subscription or something like that so we we saw this big thing uh, uh looming so well, there's no way we're just going to do the same thing as we did from version 2 to yeah, version yeah. 3 just a new app in the app store and then manually migrate people over i personally like feel great with the change i'm sure like it was very very carefully considered uh it seems like the number one response i was seeing on twitter was quite cynical and that people might argue that now there's an incentive to not support backwards compatibility yeah if you really want to look at it uh, <laughs> cynically <laughs> i guess it's very you could, cynical right i guess you could see it that way but i would i instead i would I uh, would say that like we now have an incentive to keep providing meaning, meaningful updates like on a regular basis. And sometimes those updates are quite significant changes to the application. Like a few months ago when we reintroduced, when we introduced our new symbols, they are in no way uh, similar to the symbols we had before that. And for that, we had to make certain changes to our document format. And older versions of Sketch would just not, not be able to understand this brand new new uh, yep. concept of, of symbols. 
So we could keep the file format the uh, same for, for, for years, but that would really hinder us in adopting new features. So it's a balancing act. And I know that it is uh, frustrating for customers when they can't open files because they are on an older version. But yeah, as I said, at the same time, we want to keep making the application better and introduce right. the features. So. The reason it can't open is because there's probably something new, big mm-hmm. enough, yeah, they're always big enough and neat enough changes. to break. I'd, yeah. I'd imagine the uh, plugin API was another one that had a similar backwards compatibility issue. Yeah, well, the plugin API is, is its own set of complications. what it's so simple can we talk a little bit about about that because i'm i uh, am constantly amazed by what the plugin community is building i look at uh envisions craft plugins like bringing silver flow into sketch sketch data populator sketch data populator like all these kinds of things they're quite amazing oh Um, yes yes i'm curious from your perspective what it feels like and sees uh and how you see all these uh companies essentially building uis inside of your ui and how that maybe changes the way you think about iterations and features and things like that? Yeah, so uh, many years ago, I added a little uh, scripting library to to Sketch when hardly anyone was uh, uh, using Sketch. And that sort of went uh, undiscovered for m- many years until like two years ago, three years ago or something. Suddenly, uh, uh, people started thinking, hey, wait a minute, you can do all these things. And the scripting API we chose sort of opens up everything inside Sketch. Like if, if you know Objective-C and you know how to disassemble an application and inspect the headers, you can basic, you can get to a, a, any part of, of Sketch. Yeah. So that is how things like Envision's uh, craft are able to hook up, to hook deeply into uh, Sketch. And in a way, that is great. Because they can do basically everything. They can do things that we would never think of ex- of exposing in, in some in some uh, official uh, API. But it also makes it difficult in that they can get to anything. Like if you look at uh, Silverflows, they've added icons into our uh, layer list and like UI uh, elements on top of our canvas. They go really deep. And now suddenly you can't just change parts of your application at will because uh, plugins expect mm. uh, certain parts of your, your of your code or, or of your application to behave in a certain way. Well, that's what I'm curious about. Like, is that now a constraint for you or do you still... Do as you want to do and let plugin developers catch up and reformat uh, as needed. Yeah, so we we try to pick a uh, to pick a path there in the middle. We do keep in contact with all the major uh, plugin developers and we try to let, let them know in advance of hey, uh, we are going to change these and these things. Like when we changed the uh, symbols, it was quite important for the big the developers outside because they knew that this thing was coming so that they could prepare for it but overall it's been fine if you communicate these uh, changes uh, across the uh, developers behind the craft for example they've been very uh, receptive and uh, very quickly releasing updates of their uh-huh. stuff so, so so that it works with with the latest version of sketch I find it also interesting because the plugin community seems to be a competitive advantage for Sketch over something like Adobe's Comet, right? Yeah, in- indeed. I-, I think the entire ecosystem that has uh, grown around Sketch is definitely a competitive a- advantage uh, for us because they can do so many things that we never, never thought of or would never have time for. I mean, many of the things that uh, Craft has implemented, they have been somewhere on our uh, to-do list for a while, of course, but they have, we have so many or, or other things. They're jumping into your roadmap and just <laughs> building <laughs> yeah. it out for you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in a way, it's nice because now we, we either we no longer have to, to do those things or we, we can them because there are now existing solutions for those so we can focus on other on uh, other things that we want to do what's at the top of your to-do list um <laughs> that you want to tell us yeah no sure uh, the, booleans <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are so much so many things that, that we want to do but I think that sort of the the big thing that that we are working on is uh, symbols like we in, in introduced them a few m- months ago. 
they are much better than the symbols that came before and you can now do things significantly like better like uh, nesting and more overrides but we want to do more than that um, i'm not going to explain exactly all the things we have in mind but we we think the symbols we have now are a group are a great foundation on, upon which we can build uh, more advanced things. Designers are incredibly uh, vocal in the things that they want. <laughs> Demanding. <laughs> Demanding. Indeed. What percentage of your interaction with designers is people just asking for <laughs> you to this, build this things? This thing's easy, right? Will you please do this for me? Um, yeah. <laughs> it always... When you you talk to designers, it's funny. Like we uh, two years ago or something, we went to uh, I, I was here here as well uh, for WWDC, and we visited a few a few companies in San Francisco that were using Sketch. And we always asked them, like, hey, well, what do you like about Sketch? What do you not like? What would you like us to add? And basically, everybody always says, well, Sketch as it is, is great. Uh, there's just this one thing that we would like you to add. Everybody has one other thing. <laughs> Sometimes those, like just that one little thing that they wanted to add is actually an enormously complex beast if you try to think about what it would mean for the application. Like uh, someone asked, like, uh, yeah, sketch basically as it is, but with sort of a um, dynamic layout. Uh, constraints. Constraints, yeah. or, uh, uh, auto layout, uh, those kind of things. Like, well, okay, I can see why you want to, why you would want that. Uh, but you say, I just did this one little, little thing and that doesn't really work. Because this is a really complex feature <laughs> that really, it's like constraints. You can, you can do something very simple or you can go all the way that, for example, uh, uh, Apple does with auto layout where you say, well, if this text field changes width then the icon next to it should also change or did this field and that field should always be the same width. Sibling constraints. And, oh my God. <laughs> guys, and it's, they, they, those things that just explodes in complexity. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. That all sounds so simple. Can, can we have that tomorrow? No, <laughs> but I live in the beta. <laughs> yeah, still no. Hey, you, you, I mean, like one of the, one of the things there, I think, think it's important. You don't want to uh, lose the sign of sort of uh, flexibility that you have with Sketch. Like you could, uh, you could, for example, build got sort of a flexbox uh, system inside mm -hmm. Sketch. Uh, Mate Rashak did that, right? But that requires quite a bit of a thinking up front. Like, how do I want to structure this design? Uh, mm -hmm. Like how do I arrange my boxes so that everything work works out? And that that goes quite against the idea of Sketch, where you can just uh, insert stuff and move anything around anywhere you want. You're not really just. It's not prescriptive. No, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So yeah, all of these things are of course things that we are thinking about as well, but they're not always as simple as they are made to. Uh, as they look on the first site. Well, supporting workflows without being prescriptive is in itself a huge challenge. Like if you build one feature and not another one, then that's automatically prescriptive. Mm -hmm. How did you approach, did you just go for like the uh, least common denominator kind of thing? Like here are the things that people need automatically or did you approach it based on your own design process or anything like that? Uh, you mean for the... Just the basic tool set. Right. Um, version two of Sketch was basically the first a serious version of Sketch. And I built that to, together with uh, Emmanuel Sam, a Portuguese designer who was basically had me, he had many years of experience with uh, Photoshop, uh, making UIs and icons there, basically all that stuff that we now do in Sketch. And he hated it. And but over the years, I had worked with um, many designers and they all did their thing in Photoshop. They all used that, that small little bit of uh, vector tools and layer styles and ignored everything else. And they, all of them said like, yeah, we, I don't really like this application, but that's the only thing that there is. So Emmanuel and I thought, well, there must be a market here. Uh, so if we just try to make an application that he could use, to uh, design his icons and his uh, UIs, then maybe there are others who, who do the same. So from the, the start with Sketch, with, with Sketch 2, we've uh, basically designed an application and a tool that he wanted to use. Beyond that, uh, we started taking on more uh, uh, people. And of course, they also had, had input and from all the users you hear what they want or not. But first and foremost, I think we've made an application that our own DD designers wanted to use. 
Yeah. So you're up to 15 employees.、Mm-hmm. How many of those are designers? I, 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 the term the designer is a bit.、Uh, Love it. <laughs> can, yeah. Can we define designer?、Uh, <laughs> can we spend the rest of the time doing that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit tricky. Your designer's like, code. <laughs>、um, yeah, well, well, for example, I consider my, my, myself part of the, the designer in a way. Yeah, totally.、Uh, and yeah, I code. So should these, the designers <laughs> code some of them?、Um, yeah, I, I think designers around f- f- five, four, five, six. Depends a bit like which. Disciplines you you you、yeah. you count as quote unquote designer. Okay, and obviously a, a well known fact that is proudly displayed on the Sketch website is that the whole team is remote,、mm-hmm. uh, spread across Europe. And I think your newest designer is in L.A. Brazil. Oh, Brazil, Brazil. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone's remote,、mm-hmm. and、uh, I think remote's a fascinating topic. But I want to talk about something else because I was. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me bring up this topic and then completely well, avoid it. <laughs> sli- slightly related. So you have this great quote.、Uh, you were chatting with Kelly Sutton from Layer Vault、uh, a couple of years ago, and there's this quote.、Uh, you say, "If the designer does their job well,、uh, the mock-up should tell the developer all they need to know." And consequently, be clear to the end user as well.、Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful, but I want to know more about like the design process at Sketch, right? Well, in a remote company where that happens, that the developer knows what to build. Do you communicate entirely in mockups? Ah, <laughs>、uh, well, it's lots of a、uh, lots of uh, uh, chatting uh, comments on the GitHub and indeed mockups, but. Like that, that comment must have been made many, many years, ago. <laughs> and I, I think it still holds for Sketch,、um, but probably not for your average uh, uh, iOS application,、uh, for example. Because basically in Sketch there is no animation, no motion.、Uh, you you click and then s-、uh, something、uh, appears, and there is no animation, no transition. There's hardly any state.、Uh, As such, and so I think in Sketch it is fairly easy to come for a designer to communicate with to a developer like this is how it works, this this is how it looks, and everything from there on should follow fairly.、Um, how do you say? Fairly instinctively. If those things, if those、uh, static markups are, aren't clear, then there's probably、uh, an, an issue with the design. Indeed, basically everything、uh, since things went flat in iOS. Seven, was it? Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's been more and more f-、uh, focus in mobile animation and those kind of things. And yeah, though, if if the designer gets really particular about how those things should be defined, then a, a static markup is of course not enough. But yeah, for Sketch, that is not the case at all. In Sketch Two, we had a few animations when you switched be- between panels, and the、uh, users basically told us that this this was uh, uh, annoying. Because、yeah. they did those actions so many times a day, it's like the first time maybe it's、uh, useful to see the animation to to know where what what happened to the old state of of the UI. But if you click that that button a few hundred times during the day, you don't want to see that animation every time.、Mm-hmm. So we stripped out all the a- animations, and it made the application feel faster. Related to that process, though, I am very curious how. You design the design tool itself,、um, especially one like Sketch that is such an open canvas. You can do、mm-hmm. basically anything. Maybe we can use、uh, the new symbols as an example. Like how how do you take that from the concept of here's how we're going to revamp symbols, or we want to revamp symbols, to what you actually came up with? Like what are those those? So the symbols we had before were basically、uh, normal groups that sort of sync the changes between them as you made them, and they had、uh, special rules to exclude the text values of of、uh, and. Yeah, so basically groups that sync their、uh, changes, and this this didn't scale. Like for example, our most common feature request was uh, uh, nested symbols, and there was just no way to do that in the old system because、uh, together with the text overrides, things just get messy. Like if you have、uh, if you have a master symbol and a few、uh, child symbols in there, and they all have text、uh, uh, overrides, like imagine. Uh, like a navigation bar as a symbol, and then buttons as a symbol, and they all have a text override. And you then you start, and, you, and then you start re、uh, 
uh, rearranging those buttons in your list with text overrides. You move them in and out of groups and then like trying to keep those overrides uh, in sync between multiple instances of that navigation bar is just like insane. Yeah, that is then it is it is insane, and we tried for a long time, but there was just no way to make that that work reliably. So you think, okay. Um, also, many people complained to us that while they really liked that it was so easy to change the symbol, it was also too easy to change the symbol. <laughs> so you 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 make some You'd accidentally change and you think, oh. Shit, <laughs> this is a symbol. Yep. I just ruined all my other instances on all the other artboards and, and pages. So <laughs> so we, we wanted to discourage that kind of, uh, those kind of accidental edits. And we also wanted to make things like uh, nested symbols and like more advanced overrides and like more ways in which symbol instances could uh, differ between each, e- each other. We approach it from an engineering perspective more than from a design perspective, I think. Um, I think this is where we have made mistakes in the past, and I think where also where other companies uh, might have made mistakes like that. It's like it's very... You you hear it a lot nowadays that uh, a startup should be the (laughs) designer-driven. And... Of course, I. You I only hear that from designers. <laughs> you never hear that from anyone no. else. <laughs> <laughs> well, be, because I mean, of course, the input from the designers is very important. But I think one of the things that helped us is that there's also been a lot of input from engineers, like yeah. uh, like me. I'm I'm both in I'm both involved in the engineering side and the design side, and. So it has happened on multiple occasions that the designers came up with uh, some idea and that sounds great. And you start thinking how you're actually going to build it as um, uh, in uh, like how the engineering team is actually going to build this. Well, this is going to be very complex. How about we do something slightly uh, different, which which will be much simpler to implement. Like we we can ship this, we can ship a, a simpler version of this in a month. Or we drop everything for a year and we we go do this ridiculously complicated thing that you uh, thought of. And like there is a balance there because the designers, they suggest things that make sense to to them, of course, but they they don't really know how the the code uh, is built behind it. If if the code as it stands now supports those kind of things easily. And if it doesn't, like in our case, it would be, silly to only listen to what a designer dreams up in their uh, ivory tower like (laughs) it's a balance like it is it it would it would be a big mistake to only listen to what is is easy for the engineers to implement and it would be a big 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 mistake to only only listen to what um, designers want that's what johnny ives white space is it's an ivory tower how did i not put that together Oh wow, that's good. But yeah, so uh, to go back to the symbols, like we knew from an engineering pers- per- perspective that them uh, syncing these uh, changes was not a good idea. We just needed something uh, better. We didn't want these a- a- accidental changes. So basically, you, you, then you start thinking like we need one source of truth somewhere, and then each 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 instance sort of defines like how this instance differs from the master, sort of. Yep. Because at first, uh, the the original symbols in Sketch, there was not really the concept of a master. Like every instance was was basically a master. Yeah, and then you then you have to sync the changes between it. You think that doesn't really work? We need like one source of truth, and then something have, immutable. No, no, you you need one thing that that the, the user can change. Like one way that the user can make uh, changes to that thing, mm-hmm. and then then there should be instances which define those excluded values, like the the text value of a button, uh, for example. And you really want to uh, separate those out, and then then then. Like from from there on, it's a small step to think. Okay, this source of source of truth should be a special like group or page or artboard or thing, and there should be another layer type which is the the instance. And so then you start 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 thinking like, okay, should it be, be be a page? Well, not really because a page has infinite size, and like a typical complex designer document probably has uh, uh, dozens of, of symbols 
You don't want each of those symbols to become its or its own page because that's, that's that sort of thing doesn't that that doesn't scale. So we we like the idea of of artboards because they have a fixed size. Like as you start moving things around in in the in the uh, artboard, they don't uh, shift. They um, don't automatically adjust the size of the artboard. Whereas with a, a group, if you start moving things around in the group, the size of the group changes, which would be problematic for the symbol uh, instances because the instance sits somewhere else in your document. And if you then make changes to the master uh, group in that case, and it, it, you don't realize really that you've made a change. You have uh, you, you just made it from 100 pixels wide to 100, uh, 200 pixels wide by moving something in the group to the left or to the right. And then what, what happens to those instances? Do they shift? Uh, left or right, or how do, how do they incorporate those uh, uh, changes? And it's way too too easy to ac- accidentally like have your have a text field inside a, a, a symbol stick out on either side a bit, and then so suddenly you have this problem in all of your instances. So we we, we like the idea that a symbol master was just a, a, an artboard, a fixed size, which wouldn't change. And then from from there on, there is not that much to these design yeah. anymore. Execute. Yeah, so you you just you you need to build and you need to c- come up with a UI for the uh, overrides, but all of those fairly self-evident once you have uh, settled on the idea of okay, okay we have a master, there's an, an artboard, and we have instances which are other layers. How do you measure the success? How do you know that what you built solved the problem? Is it research? Is it quantitative? Is um, it Twitter complaints? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely part of it. Um, <laughs> With the new symbols, we were initially a bit uh, nervous about about how we, in these new uh, symbols you can't you, you can't make in place edits anymore. Mm-hmm. We figured that this might be something that people miss. Like, oh, of course, people can complain. In the past, it was too easy to make a- accidental edits, but at the same time, it's really nice to be able to edit your content in place. This was this was something we were. Uh, <laughs> Nervous about that first, so we 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 took an early version of symbols and we we uh, we showed it to a few customers uh, inside uh, big companies and like uh, and from there basically we got the feedback that actually it wasn't that big of an issue at all and people really liked it they could no longer accidentally mess up their their symbols, so with with that after uh, when we we launched we were fairly confident that it worked but we haven't done that with many features. We sort of know ourselves, like, this is what we want to do. This is probably the way to do it. And we don't involve a lot of user uh, f- uh, feedback in, into that because we have so many de- designers internally who know fairly well what the, what they want and also what they've heard from users. And like, from we, we, we do, uh, from time to time, we visit uh, companies that use uh, Sketch internally and we ask them like what are the the, uh, the features you want and like to, to, to make sure that our internal agenda is sort of the same as what our customers are asking but we we, we don't user test individual features outside the wow. uh, company really. So talking to other companies is just a gut check for what your team instinctively feels is the right decision. Yeah, well, of course, we also get lots of of, of emails, <laughs> emails and Twitter. Oh, yeah, indeed, indeed. So, of course, all of that uh, has an impact. Is there anything quantitative, or do you not care about that? Like, do you care how many symbols are created as a proxy for success, or do you let the qualitative tweets and emails speak to that? Yeah, basically, we've we've never really done much with that. Which analytics uh, hmm. and never really in depth like that. Are you able to collect those analytics without like a crash? Technically, yeah, what yeah, do you sure, mean? Sure, you can. Really, like how many symbols are created in a file? Why not? Yeah, you you could do that. Like oh, we, we 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 don't. But like it's just like when you visit a website, like they sends a tracking they thing. track every huh. click. Like interesting, you can do that inside an, an app as well in theory you track every click every every mouse move event and send all of that back to the server yeah crazy how many unsplash photos i paste into a single (laughs) uh page so it like completely bogs it down and crashes this guy uses too many unsplash photos (laughs) (laughs) you need to resize those uh so that's incredibly interesting to me uh the roadmap is loosely 
make sure I'm getting this right, is loosely your team understanding and feeling out the pain points and new features that you can build uh, that, that comes from inside the team, less so than like a formalized research process. Yeah, it's not a, it's definitely not a formalized okay. research uh, so then, process, but of course it is heavily influenced by all the feedback we sure. get. Well, then my, my follow-up to that is, I'm curious how you hire, like what are the, the skills or mindsets or backgrounds, abilities that you're looking for, especially in like you're just hiring more designers, although we've agreed there's a loose definition there. Mm -hmm. They all code. Yeah, what do, yeah, what are you looking <laughs> for? Like, do you want someone in the ivory tower that's dreaming of these fantastical <laughs> things or do you want someone that can understand the complexity of building a scalable symbol system? I definitely the uh, letter. Okay. He's like, no, the elitist designer. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want the ivory towers. No, I I think it's important. Um, it's like the the the, uh, the new designer we've hired has quite a bit of a, of experience uh, designing Mac applications, and I think that is a useful skill. Like we were uh, looking for an a extra designer to help out with the app itself. So if you know, if if, if you just install instinctively know like how things are done on the Mac that, that that helps because it's not the same as the web or iOS or things you know or other uh, platforms and just the fact that they've been doing this for many years probably means that they they know they instinctively also have something new to bring to to, to the team as in what a, a tool like they this needs and their own little uh their own little fr frustrations with the app, which they uh, undoubtedly have. But I think we're very much looking for practical people, like who, who yeah, not the ivory tower, like uh, like when you, if you step back far enough, everything is a reusable element. It's all just stardust, or it's all reusable <laughs> from like the get-go. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't really help because we are a small team, remote. Uh, we don't have big pockets with the uh, uh, venture capital funding, so we don't really have time or or space for that. Like we we are hiring people because we we need more hands to do uh, like actual actual work. That's, 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 uh sounds a bit weird, but like yeah, we we don't we don't hire people like oh yeah, you can just go off for a few months and come up with some something something crazy because yeah we we need uh hands-on with new with new new features new code we we know what we need you have this entity bohemian coding mm -hmm. and then sketch is a subunit do you hire for projects outside of sketch or is it only sketch now it's only sketch we uh, i started bohemian coding when there was still Droid and font case and then sketch one by one all all, all the other things uh, fell away and there's only uh, sketch now the legal entity is still bohemian but we we only have sketch can you talk a little bit about it's sort of vague but the team is small you've been doing this for a decade you mm -hmm. didn't raise money mm -hmm. it's a remote company this sounds it's just so opposite of everything that happens here in silicon valley right here it's like raise money grow fast get everyone into an office and it seems that you've very intentionally chosen your own path no indeed could you speak a little bit to to how that's been how it's going yeah sure um so for um, the first few years of uh, Bohemian and Sketch was basically me on my own. As I, as I said, while I was still at university, um, I did partner with the designers from time to time. Like for example, for a font case or just the occasional bit of freelance work when I, whenever I needed icons. But like the, the real partnership uh, started when Emmanuel and I started to work on version 2. Of, of sketch but he at that time i was living in london he was living in portugal i wasn't going to move to portugal he wasn't going to move to <laughs> london so i guess we have a remote company <laughs> and then like uh, starting with that we um yeah at first we, we, i mean we we never had the uh the idea that we would grow to an enormous company with an enormous uh, user base and all all of those things we just i just wanted to be a little indie shop like as i said earlier uh, panic and omni group and delicious uh, monster yeah, indeed and so uh doing a, a startup with the venture capital was just uh, never on my yeah, list of of things that i wanted that sounds do. actually detrimental to a kind of indie business model where you're forced to get growth instead of 
tracking down the things that solve oh, your indeed. problems. Indeed. We didn't start with this idea, like we're going to build this into a big company. We started looking at like, uh, okay, we, we're getting a little bit too much email now to, for us to handle ourselves. Like we need someone for, we need someone to help us out uh, part-time with uh, answering email. Oh, there's this guy in uh, Australia who can help us out. Yeah, okay, sure. And then like like that, because you, you're not in the, the same office, you don't you don't even think like, oh, we need to get everybody everybody in the same lo- lo- location. And then uh, via via, I, I heard of a um, developer who was living out in the Hebrides in uh, Scotland. He would be able to uh, help us with a few, few things we needed for Sketch. Okay, let's... Let's work with him, and from there on, slowly it starts growing. Then you have one, then you have a developer in Scotland. I'm in the Netherlands, and Emmanuel is in Portugal. Uh, bit by bit, it starts to grow, and then yeah, okay, we really are a remote uh, company, and we're then with three people, four, four people. Then, but then you also recognize the benefits of being a remote uh, company because we've hired uh, we've hired a developer who. Yeah, he also lives in uh, Scotland. He doesn't even have uh, a cable uh, internet. He communicates with us over uh, 3G uh, connection from his his house. But I, and the, those are the, the the people you would never be able to 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 hire if you insisted that everybody should be at a central office in San Francisco or London or Amsterdam or, or something. So I, th- I think the remote aspect has definitely given us the flexibility to hire uh, to hire the right right people, even if they are not in in the same location. Wait, not everyone wants to move to San Francisco? No, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Yeah, no. I um, I've been in San 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 Francisco a few times, and it's nice to come here like once a year or once every uh, few years. But like, I don't want to to move here. So I understand that's a big pro is. If you have a remote culture company, you mm-hmm. get access to people who are around the world. So all of a sudden, the pool of people goes from a few million to a few billion, right? Yeah. Now, the common drawback that people might talk about is it's hard to have a process. Maybe you move a bit slower. Communication can be tougher. Um, how have you sort of thought about those challenges or constraints as you've as the team's been growing more and more and you've retained that remote rule? Well, I I should also say that I've never actually worked in an office with people. As I said, yeah. I started this while I was still at university, and then right. uh, and then it evolved into an indie thing with me on my own. And from there on, the remote uh, thing grew. So I don't really have any. I, I've never worked in an office with other other people, so that I can't com- compare really how how it uh, would be if we had a dozen people actually in the same office. If we, if we would actually move faster, I don't know. I can imagine if the, the company would grow further and further and further. After a while, like you get, you ha- get so many many people remote that it starts to uh, that you then really start uh, running into wo- uh, problems. Like I think uh, Thirty Seven Signals they started out completely remote. But I'm not sure if they still are. Well, they're now just Basecamp too, right? Like they've kind of yeah, that, that too. But I also. I think I, I think a lot of I heard in Chicago with them. Yeah, so I, maybe after a while things start to break break down as you as you grow grow more. But for us, it's never really been an issue. Uh, we do try to come to together like uh, once or twice a year, and from 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 time from time to to time, uh, like the developers or the uh, designers, then then they meet if they have some something. Some particular uh, topic to discuss because then you can actually uh, go quite a bit faster. But it's not every day that there is a really important thing to discuss. Like how are we going to evolve symbols? Like there was a really important thing and it helped that we were all in the uh, same room and uh, and 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 talking about the different ideas that we have. But don't you don't have those discussions every day. What's been amazing to me, and you know, we talk about building Sketch, and you've just been so focused. Uh, it's stayed a small team. You're focusing on like these core experiences, such as how do we make symbols better. Sketch aside, or maybe tangentially, like what about you, just personally? What do you want to get out of this? Where are you going? What's your vision for for running this company? Is this is this a lifelong thing for you? 
uh, lifelong. I, 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 I don't know. That's a really long, 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 long time. And it's this uh, job is not that easy. So I <laughs> don't know. I don't know. Uh, until I retire, I don't know about that. But I, I do like uh, working on Sketch. I do like uh, this type of application. I, I've never really uh, seriously wanted to get into making making games or like uh, throwaway apps. I, I, I like, <laughs> I, I, I no, but I, I like working on applications on, on apps that allow people to do things okay it's like a productivity software yeah. basically i i think that's what a that is what i like um it adds value yeah yeah indeed what i what i've liked doing with sketch is starting with something simple and then slowly building that out o- over time and for that you need uh, also you need a problem domain that is uh deep enough that, that you can in uh, invest all those years into that thing um I do not have a grand vision mm-hmm. about where I want to be with Sketch or where I, I want to be myself in 20 years or something like that. You'll get there when you get there. Yeah, indeed. We'll see. And like I, um, a few years ago, um, I thought, well, it will really be a big company when we have like two developers and two designers. <laughs> Like because by that standard, you're massive now. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, indeed. But when it was just Emmanuel and me, it's like okay, we have a developer, we have a designer. This is this is perfect. Like we can do anything we 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 want. And then you realize, like, well, there's so much stuff to de- develop. I don't I can't do it all on on my own. Uh-huh. But yeah, once you have three d d developers, imagine what you can do with three developers. Do you feel like that has diminishing returns, or you're just not interested in? saying, well, imagine what you can do with three, imagine what you can do with 300. Uh, oh, is it 300, the scale oh of that? God. 300 sounds exhausting. Yeah, it's yeah, another time managing. Is it that or is it that there's diminishing returns of having a team that, that large? I think there are definitely the, the, the diminishing returns. Yeah, I think a company of, uh, I think 300 engineers can, I assume they can do more than three engineers, but not a hundred times as much. And with 300 engineers, you, you you really need to start introducing multiple layers of uh, 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 management and all of that to 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 just have everybody sort of going the 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 same way. And I, that, that yeah. is not the kind of company that I want to build. Mm-hmm. Like I, as I've already said, I don't have the dream to build something something big. I just I I like working on Sketch, and we hire uh, more people from time to time as we see a particular uh, needs for them. But like the absolute headcount has never been a goal in itself because that that's silly. To me, that's uh, inspiring in many ways because I think certainly living here, there is a constant hunger for bigger is better and and growth and money and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, money's the worst. Get rid of that stuff. But I think that when you talk to to people like yourself that just want to build things for people and and like the numbers or the size perhaps are, are a side effect or of little consequence, that that's pretty inspiring to me. One of the questions we get all the time, and this is a silly question and really not important. How do you structure your pages and your artboards? <laughs> how do you design <laughs> sketch? <laughs> um, how I do it? Yeah. Or how we think uh, people should do it? All of the above. What all, you all say next above. will yeah. become canon. So. <laughs> like, oh, God. No, well, <laughs> what I say, <laughs> what I do. Well, the thing is, for me personally, I use sketch in in weird ways that like I I I wouldn't want to make that uh, canon but it's like I don't really design big things in sketch my, my, my myself like occasionally I have a little idea on how I want a certain new f- uh, feature to behave I might sketch out something in sketch uh, quickly but like when I said earlier that I consider myself part designer, that's that's not because I design UI elements in Sketch. Like I, a large part of sort of me being a designer happens outside Sketch, outside work. When I I, I cycle to work, thinking like about about how this new feature should tie in with this other stuff. And I don't need to draw anything. I don't need to put anything on paper. I don't need to draw UI elements in Sketch. Like uh, those things are why I consider myself also part designer, but not, not because I draw things. Like what what we see 
people use artboards and pages for varies enormously between customers. Some people don't use artboards at all. They just put everything on the page. And Whoa. <laughs> like one common pattern we see is that a page sort of represents, uh, represents a certain uh, area in the uh, in the application or site like the uh, sign up flow goes on the page and the some other flow goes on uh, uh, other page but what we also see people doing is they put all the artboards on one page and then they stay they uh, send it off to a client or or other uh, stakeholders they get feedback back they duplicate the page and then they they start working on incorporating mm -hmm. that feedback so every page becomes a new version mm -hmm. of the design and that's fine I mean, we we deliberately we added these uh, features um, just because we we want to give people the flexibility to design the way they want. Like you don't have to use artboards. Like certain things are easier when you you use artboards, and certain things become easier when you split your stuff up in multiple 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 pages. But you don't you don't have to do that. So I, I don't want to dictate like one way to do things like whatever works for for our users, right? Is it more performant to move it into different pages? Does it have any value as far as like rendering time or anything yeah, like that? Hardly any. Okay. Might make things a little bit fast because you don't need to iterate as many elements uh, mm -hmm. in a drawing phase to determine what needs to be drawn. But like that part is small. So I, okay. basically, no. Good to know. How do you look at the other, especially new tools coming to the market? Serif has Affinity Designer. That's become pretty popular, especially for the kind of Illustrator set. Uh, mm -hmm. Figma's coming out, things mm -hmm. like that. How do you approach that? Do you, do you even consider them or just focus on your own yeah, thing? Yeah, no. I mean, it would be silly to just put your, your head in the sand and just pre pretend like Adobe never Never, uh, announced the Adobe who? <laughs> like no, so yeah, of course you consider them and you you compare their f their f uh, feature sets to yours and like I actually kind of forgot about XD. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let uh, uh, them hear it. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, of, like with XD and, F and Figma, and you look at what they do and what they might do uh, do better than than you are. Over. So you, of course, you try to to keep an eye, but at the same time, like around when we start, where we were when we were working on version three, so that was uh, more than two years ago now. There was another uh, design application that I won't name uh, by name, but they, I was expecting them to come out around then, and I was thinking, I bet they 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 would launch with, uh, for example, symbols. And we and back in version two of Sketch, we didn't ha have symbols. So I, I started to get really worried that they would release this application before we would release version three of Sketch and they would steal our thunder. And then in the end, they, they didn't release the app. We released Sketch and now two years later, that app seems to have disappeared off the market. And so, yeah, that sort of has been also a, a lesson like to not worry too much about the competition because you can't influence them uh, anyway. Of course, you, you should look at what they are doing and try, try to do better. But yeah, in, in the end, you can only con control your own uh, destiny. So Totally agree. Uh, yeah, we're well over time at this point. <laughs> but we are over time. Anything you'd like to plug before you go? Well, if you haven't tried uh, uh, Sketch yet, I think you uh, you should. Other than that, uh, no. All right. Indeed, you good. should. SketchApp.com. Indeed. Thank you for coming and hanging out. Thank That's you awesome. so much. Wait, should we should we set context? You just landed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like two hours ago, made it to the West Coast. Indeed. So if I if I do so, sound slightly incoherent at time, uh, blame it on the jet, jet lag. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate you Thanks taking again. the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's it. That's episode 141. Thank you to Peter for coming in and hanging out with us. Thank you to you for listening. Fun fact, Peter had just gotten off an international flight to San Francisco like an hour before we recorded. So again, thanks, Peter, for He's for a very gracious time. guest. Very gracious. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know what you thought. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. If you've been enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Every rating helps us move up the charts and helps new people like you find the show. Also, check out the other shows on our network. We have some amazing shows. We just launched a new one called Runtime with Sam Sofas and Caleb Davenport. It's about iOS design and development, and it's going to be an awesome show. I'm really excited. It's it's the first show I pitched when we created the network. So 
I'm stoked that it's here. You can check out those other shows on our network at spec.fm. And finally, of course, check out our sponsors. Thank you to them for making this episode possible. Of course, Wayno, one of our favorite agencies and some of the most talented people in the design community. They want you to check out their website. They want you to look at their work, be inspired, do better work yourself. Just go to wayno.co, U-E-N-O.co. See what they're working on. Go to their dribble, check it out, get inspired. And if that looks like an interesting place to work, they're hiring, click the careers link in their header. And of course, uh, tell them we sent you. And if you're here in the city, make sure you come by and hang out with us on Friday nights for their happy hour. It's incredible. Super, super fun. Go check them out. Thank you, Wayno. We love you. And our second sponsor, of course, is Dropbox, building products to make it easier to work together, collaborate, and build better products. They're hiring designers and design managers. They want you to work for them. People of all levels, they want you. Uh, to learn more, go to spec.fm slash Dropbox. That'll take you to all the hiring details. Of course, tell them we sent you. And if you end up here in Soma, come say hi to Brynn and I. Come work down the street from us. Yes. Thank you, Dropbox. And we'll see you next week with Daniel Hooper from Principal.